<laughs> I think some people get annoyed by that, but it's so much fun for me to say, hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Whips Whatever Happened To. So you know that we give you the backstory and then we bring you up to date. I guess that would be the front story on some famous people whose career you might have followed back in the day. But this time around, I thought it might be fun to check out somebody whose name you probably, I would say almost certainly do not even know but whose face and or voice, I think there's a pretty good chance you do. Uh, So on some of the podcasts, we're going to remind you about people who said they literally could not walk down the street at certain points in their lives. That's how famous they were, even though, as I said a second ago, you really don't know who they really are. Uh, But they became associated with the products on whose commercials they appeared. That's right. It's commercial spokespeople. And in this episode, we're going to start back in the year 2000, also known, if you remember, as Y2K. That was when we started off the year worried that everything might just stop working as soon as the clock struck midnight on January 1st, 2000. Because according to the theory, all the clocks on the world's computers that controlled everything from electricity to airplanes would fail. Because the year turning to 00 would make their little computer brains think that we were back in 1900 and then everything would shut off. 2000 was also the year that the United States went through one of the most controversial presidential elections of all time. George W. Bush versus Al Gore. That one had to go to the Supreme Court of the United States and involved a hand recount in Florida and the introduction of the term hanging Chad into our lives along with the guy who had like the thick glasses and you like cross-eyed looking at the little vote thing to try to count it. Remember all those images from back then? And meanwhile, Florida still hasn't recovered its reputation in some people's minds when it comes to elections. Anyway, it was also the year that something called the dot-com bubble was at its biggest and most bloated when everybody and their mother was starting up companies with the word dot-com in the name and they would see the stock price Prices inflate and go nuts before cashing out and then seeing those same companies go out of business and or disappear. A lot of them swallowed up by the bigger guys. And all that led to what became known as the dot-com bubble burst, as all bubbles must do. But just because the dot-com bubble might have gone busto, and I made up that word just now, busto, that obviously did not mean that the world of tech wasn't just getting started in ways that we never could have foreseen. But before Apple and Google and Amazon took over the world as they continue to do, several companies were competing for your personal computing dollars. And one of those was Dell, which was a well-known company in the education and business worlds, but Dell was trying to get the attention of the general public like you and me so they could sell more laptops and desktops. And in the year 2000, they came out with an ad campaign with a character who they thought would be relatable to high school and college students and more importantly, the parents of those high school and college students who would probably be making the actual computer purchase. They set out to look for a teenager to play the part of the character who would eventually come to be known as simply... The Dell Dude. So supposedly in the auditions for that character, they looked at a bunch of actual kids between the ages of 12 and 17. But the guy who ended up impressing them and getting the part was 20 years old at the time he got the role. He was an actor named Ben Curtis, who became Steve the Dell Dude. 
professionally. In the commercials, which were often set in what was supposed to be his bedroom, he would usually talk directly to the camera in kind of that surfer stoner style. Sometimes he would talk directly to his dad on the other side, telling him how he needed a new Dell for school, uh, how the one on sale right then would have like a free CD burner or DVD-ROM thrown in, along with a year of free MSN internet. And he would always have a goofy grin on his face. And a little while into the campaign, they introduced what would become the classic advertising line that truly made the ads and the Dell dude unforgettable. It was... Dude, you're getting a Dell. Dude, you're getting a Dell. Dude, we're getting another Dell. That line became such a well-known slogan and catchphrase, and they would keep using Ben Curtis as Steve the Dell dude for the next couple of years. And it was that line from that campaign that made Ben Curtis as Stephen the Dell dude really famous and recognizable for a while. Just how famous were you at the time, Ben? Yeah, he talked to us for this podcast. Here's what he said. Well, that's a great question. I'll tell you when we started the first commercial for Christmas 2000, I don't think anyone knew how big it would be. It was Dell's first opportunity to use an actor, and we just thought it was a great commercial. But overnight, I remember coming back home from Christmas vacation for college, and things changed. And I didn't really understand what was going on. People started talking to me on the streets. Um, I, you know, they were recognizing me places and then it just exploded and I didn't really watch TV. I was auditioning all the time. I was in school full time. I was doing interviews and things, but it just, it exploded. And I had, I had no idea until it got so big that I couldn't even go outside anywhere without hearing like, dude, or where's my doubt? You know, it was wild. Like even everyone at, in my acting school at NYU was, uh, starting to give me some flack. <laughs> so there were 26 Dell Dude commercials in all, and Ben Curtis as Steven was such a big pop culture figure that Ben was even nominated for Teen Choice Award in the category of Choice TV Personality, although he did not win. But I will say this, he's been nominated for one more Teen Choice Award than you or I have. He was a guest on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Seth Meyers even did a parody as him on a weekend update segment on Saturday Night Live. So the joke was supposed to be that the happy Dell dude actually had a really dark side that he was hiding. If you don't believe me that that sketch actually happened, you can check it out on YouTube. And Ben also told me a crazy story related to his fame at that that time and 9-11 of 2001. Some people know or don't know that I was actually a survivor of 9-11. As I was fleeing the scene, covered in, in soot and, and been through an extremely traumatic event, you know, I... I was on this, I, I eventually somehow found a, got on this bus that was taking me uptown and I was in tears and crying and covered in this stuff. And I asked the bus driver if he could please drop me off at Union Square where the, where the NYU dorms are. And he was like, buddy, this, I'm not stopping this bus for anybody. And he goes, wait a second. Are you the Dell dude? And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? It's World War Three out here. I can't do this right now. He's like, dude, I love your commercials. Yeah, sure. Here you go. Hop off. Even in those moments, it was like everywhere, you know? The wild thing from that story is that my college roommate, who I thought had passed away, ended up being right there at the same dorm 
waiting for me. We magically found each other. And that was just the beginning. You know, the commercials went on for another two years. And the campaign worked for Dell. Their sales in that era reportedly increased by 100%. And analysts gave all the credit to the Dell Dude commercials, which meant that things were working out really well for Ben Curtis until one day of February of 2003, when Ben was arrested for trying to buy pot on a street in New York. And since Dell had a strict policy against illegal drugs at the time, they removed Ben Curtis the Dell dude as their spokesman. But about that arrest. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, there's still many states when you can get arrested for that. But, I, you know, I was a teenager, you know, smoking some pot back then. Like, it didn't help that I was uh, wearing a kilt at the time. That kind of helped me stand out. This was a Scottish tartan. And uh, my best friend, um, Rob Signum, had taken me to the Edinburgh Theater Festival. And we both had kilts. Of this experience. So on his birthday, he said in New York City, let's wear our kilts tonight. Proper Scottish style. No no underwear, just real men. And <laughs> so there I am, like, you know, the delivery service pulls up and I'm getting arrested in a kilt with no underwear on. So it turns out that even though Curtis was known as just a silly character in some commercials, in reality, his background was that of a really serious actor, as you so often see. He went to the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU on an acting scholarship. He studied at one of the world's most prestigious acting schools, the Lee Strasberg Institute. And if you look up some of the alumni from there, you will fall down. Think Chris Evans, Lady Gaga, Rosario Dawson, Scarlett Johansson, Uma Thurman, Angelina Jolie, and her dad, John Voigt, Alec Baldwin, Claire Danes, all the way back even to Barbara Streisand and Marilyn Monroe, and yes, the Dell dude, meaning this has got to be a pretty talented guy. After the pot arrest, though, and headlines like, dude, you're getting a sell, which is actually pretty clever, Ben Curtis says that he could not find much, if any, acting work because he fell victim to that old actor's curse, typecasting. Didn't you, Ben? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that's all America saw. And that's actually, I got so many auditions for stoner roles or those, like, quirky kid next door. Um, you know, So many that I remember thinking, like, gosh, these roles are not great. And if I booked these, like, they could end my career. Now, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have just rode that wave a lot longer because um, I got to meet Susan Sarandon once, and I asked her about typecasting, and she said, Honey, if you get typecast, you work that as long as you can. Because if you're working and people see you something clearly, they know what they want to hire, that's incredible. And you've done your job. But as an actor, like a young actor trying to, <laughs> I mean, at the time, you know, I had an ego. I was 19 or 20. I was trying to be taken seriously as an actor and studying it in school. And, and I felt like I was becoming this joke or this parody thing. Um, so that was a little challenging. I remember having a meeting with, um, with, with the production team at DreamWorks and they were asking me about the roles and things I saw myself doing in the future and I was like Shakespeare and um, film acting and, and things like that so there was definitely like me trying to fight to, to continue to be taken seriously as an artist yeah but you know you do what you can I thought I would have just been like whatever you want so 
actor. So he did what so many actors do, guest roles here and there, an off-Broadway show or two, and as cliche as it is, he waited tables in New York City. By 2007, four years after the cancellation of The Dell Dude, Grub Street Magazine made Ben Curtis the subject of their Ask a Waiter feature. In that, he said people recognized him all the time, with some people even telling him they loved him from those commercials. Curtis also said that some people would also drunkenly ask him to do the catchphrase, which he, by the way, refused to do. He also says now that throughout that time period, he didn't even realize what he was going through. I didn't know at the time, but I had undiagnosed PTSD, so I wasn't necessarily mentally doing that well as and as the success and the responsibility and the pressure began to rise it 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 was really hard for me to stay just strong and true and open-minded during that time because I was really suffering and and not well and I didn't know it and a lot of people didn't know it either that was a really tough thing that I've only started to you know be able to to talk about and share my message through because a lot of celebrities deal with that you know they could be whatever you're dealing with if you add fame to it it's like throwing fuel on the fire so whatever it is it's going to get bigger and so that's why you see a lot of celebrities have a really hard time once their fame and things start to kick up because all their stuff comes to the surface and then gets magnified. And it can be really challenging. It's not natural for humans to go through that stuff. Now, if you look at his acting resume, he's done guest roles on shows like Law & Order, Chasing Life, Orange is the New Black, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And in a giant surprise to me, he's even made 11 appearances on the ABC show What Would You Do, in which actors pretend to be regular people and say a bunch of weird stuff loudly in order to see how actual regular people in restaurants uh, and places like that react, all of it on hidden camera. You may have seen that show. Ben has appeared on that 11 times or maybe more than 11. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've probably done 15 episodes now, and I actually just had two recently air. So um, I guess I'm a recurring actor on there, but they use all kinds of people, and it's just you know, they found that uh, they liked working with me. I love working with them. So so we get to do a lot of cool things, including a recent episode. You can check it out. I think it's on abcnews.com slash what would you do. But I did one called Sober Dad. And it actually, um, John Quinones interviews me about my personal life um, being someone who's sober now because that was part of my journey of healing after 9-11 and struggling with um, with addiction and alcoholism. And so it's it's really been cool to get to talk about that and to get to like actually play that role in live scenario television. So yes, Ben Curtis is still an active actor, but he also has started a wellness company, uh, which he originally started with his fiance. They've since gotten married, and that company is called Soul Fit NYC. And his social media seems to reflect that. He lists himself as a personal freedom coach. Now, before we get to the personal freedom coach part, there is one post on Instagram in which Ben is hugging himself. Could you explain, Ben? Hugging yourself. Listen, I posted that. If you look at the post, it's um, the thing about it is I'm really addressing what's going on during the pandemic and the lack of, of affection and, and touch that humans need right now and the lack of connection. And I had heard this study that, you know, when you when like a mother bonds with their child or when you hug another person, you release a chemical called oxytocin, which helps you bond and, and brings connection. So there's actually studies that have shown that 
you can hug yourself and release that same thing if you're focusing on self-love. So, so many people during this time have really, especially at the beginning, were really um, uh, having our time and struggling and and self-destructing a lot. There's a lot of really... Um, difficult behavior. So the, my main message is, is through self-love and, and, and self-acceptance. So try to help people really love and accept all parts of themselves. And on the term personal freedom coach, Ben. We're like humans are brilliant self-saboteurs, you know? So for lack of a better word, because, you know, it's hard to know what to label yourself. I say personal freedom because I provide a container for people to really go after their goals and dreams and get free of that stuff that is holding them back, which is just, you know, your your ego trying to keep you safe. Well, that is obviously some very heady stuff from the former Dell dude. And if you want more of that heady stuff, he would like to be your personal freedom coach. Ben, how do they get in touch with you? Like, can they just find you on Instagram and direct message you like I did? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just ben, ben Curtis Official. It's Instagram, Facebook, and yeah, they can just message me on there. I would be happy to support anyone in that today because the world needs it now more than ever, I think. And on that note, we are out for another episode of Whip's Whatever Happened To podcast, but you know there will be more. 